1: Lux presents Hollywood. Lever Brothers Company, the makers of Lux Flakes, bring you the Lux Radio Theater, starring Maureen O'Hara, John Payne, and Edmund Gwen in Miracle on 34th Street. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. William Keeley.
2: Greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. Our Christmas present to you is the new Christmas classic of our time, Miracle on 34th Street. It's wrapped in a gay covering of laughter, tied with a bright ribbon of good humor, and decorated with the three sparkling stars of the 20th Century Fox picture. Marine O'Hara, John Payne, and Edmund Gwen. This is a wonderful story for the whole family and perhaps some families may be gathered around a Christmas tree as they listen. Others will be putting up this happy sign of the season in a few days with lights and ornaments and the shining snow that can be made with Lux Flakes. Later, we'll tell you how to do this trick with Lux. But right now, it's curtain time for the play that proves There's a Santa Claus, Miracle on 34th Street, starring Maureen O'Hara as Doris John Payne as Fred, and Edmund Gwen in his Academy Award-winning performance as Chris Kingo. It's Thanksgiving Day in New York City. On a broad avenue adjoining Central Park, an annual event is being joyfully awaited. The spectacular parade presented by Macy's department store to herald in the Christmas season. Away from the crowd are two of Macy's public relations experts.
3: He's simply wonderful, Mrs. Walker. Just look at him on that float. The most realistic Santa Claus we've ever had. Why, he didn't even need any padding, did he? Padding? Why, didn't you notice his tummy? So round, so firm, so fully packed. Well, now that everything's under control... Where on earth did you find him?
4: I I don't know. I, I just turned around, and there he was. And
3: to think that the man whose place he took was intoxicated.
4: With a breath that would knock over a reindeer. Oh,
3: just think if Mr. Macy had seen him.
4: What if Mr. Gimble had seen him? Competition between our stores is tough enough.
3: <laughs> well, the parade's starting. Let's stand at the curb.
4: Not I, Mr. Shellhammer. I'm going home to relax. Anyway, I can see it from there. I live just around the corner. Oh,
3: so you do. Well, I'll see you tomorrow, Mrs. Walker. And congratulations on finding the best Santa Claus in Macy's history.
5: Certainly is a wonderful parade, Susan. Just look at that clown. Gosh, what a giant!
6: Giant, Mr. Gailey? There are no such things as giants.
5: Well, not now, maybe, but in olden days, there's...
6: Really, s- Mr. Gailey? And you're a lawyer.
5: Well, what about the giant that Jack killed? You know, Jack and the Beanstalk?
6: Everybody knows that's a fairy tale. And I agree with my mother. Fairy tales are silly. Come in. Good afternoon, I'm
5: Susan's mother. My name's.
6: Said- oh, hello, mother. I'm watching the parade. Mr. Gailey invited hello, me. Hello, darling.
5: Susie's told me quite a lot about you, Mrs. Walker. She's
6: told me
4: quite a lot about you, too, the man in the front apartment.
5: <sighs> well, this is all part of a plot, Mrs. Walker. I'm very fond of Susie, but I I also wanted to meet you.
4: At least you're Frank. goes no Santa Claus! Oh, don't even mention the name. Why not, Mother? Well, that Santa Claus you see is a last minute substitute. But why? Oh, remember the way the janitor was last New Year's? <gasps> oh,
6: my! Tight as an owl.
5: I, um, I see Susan doesn't believe in Santa Claus either.
4: That's right. She never has.
6: Well, that's the end of the parade. Mother, I've been thinking. It's Thanksgiving, and there are only two of us. Couldn't we invite Mr. Gailey? Well, I...
5: Oh, uh, <laughs> please don't bother. I'll I'll just have a sandwich or something.
6: But we have such a big turkey. Please, Mother, please. Well, well, I... Did
5: I ask her all right, Mr. Gailey? Susie, shh.
4: You asked fine, Susan. Dinner's at three, Mr. Gayley.
3: Hello, Mrs. Walker.
4: Yes, Mr. Shellhammer.
3: Your maid said you were at Thanksgiving dinner, but I I just had to tell you. Your Santa Claus was stupendous.
4: Well, thank you.
3: Mr. Macy himself wants him to be our toy department, Santa Claus.
4: Oh, fine. Can you hire him?
3: Oh, 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 I already have. Oh, he's a born salesman. I just feel it. Good.
4: We'll talk about it in the morning. Thanks for calling, Mr. Shellhammer.
7: Here he is, Mr. Shellhammer. Here's Santa Claus. Oh,
3: thank you, Alfred. Thank you. Good morning, Santa Claus. Good morning. Now, before you go to the toy department, here's a list of toys that we have to push. You know, things we're overstocked on. Now, you'll find that a great many children will be undecided as to what they want for Christmas. And when that happens, you immediately suggest one of these items. Do you understand? I certainly do. Fine, that's fine. Now, take the list, and Alfred here will show you to your throne in the toy department. And don't you forget, you're working for Macy's. Are
6: you really Santa Claus? Why, of course
8: I am. What do you want for Christmas, little boy?
6: I want a fire engine with a real hose that squirts real wet
7: water. And I won't do it in the house, so I'll only do it in the backyard, I promise.
8: And I promise you'll get your fire engine. You
7: see, Mama, I told you would get me one. <laughs> that's fine, that's just dandy. You wait here, Mortimer. Mama wants to thank Santa Claus, too. Yes, madam? So what's the matter with you?
8: No, no, no. What's the trouble?
7: I told you before, didn't I? The kid wants a fire engine, but there isn't one to be had anywhere in town. Macy's ain't got any, Gimbel's ain't got any, nobody's got any. My feet are killing me, and you say, okay, he gets the fire engine.
8: But you can get those fire engines at Schoenfeld's, on Lexington Avenue. Only 450, a wonderful bargain. Schoenfeld? Yes.
7: Hey, I... I don't get it.
8: Oh, I follow the toy market very closely.
7: Macy's sending people to other stores? Yes. Are you kidding? No. The one important thing is to make the
8: children happy. Whether Macy's or somebody else sells the toy doesn't matter.
7: Don't you feel that way? Who, me? Oh, yes, sure. Only I didn't know Macy's did. Hmm? I don't get it. I just don't get it. Uh, Who's next, please? Right this way
3: to see Santa Claus. (laughs) All right, little girl. You're next. Of course, little
8: girl. You want some roller skates? Well, you shall have them, too.
6: Mama, Mama, he's going to bring me some roller skates. And he has some fine skates here at Macy's, haven't you, Santa Claus? Oh,
8: they're good skates, all right, but, but not quite good enough. Now, I left some really wonderful roller skates at Gimbal's. I'm sure Gimbal's have just what this good little girl wants. Mr.
7: Shellhammer, are you Mr. Shellhammer? Uh,
3: Gimbal's? Gimbal's. That's just what he did say. Gimbal's.
7: Uh, The sales lady said I should speak to you. Gimbal's. I just wanted to congratulate you and Macy's on this wonderful new you're pulling. Gimbal's. Imagine a big outfit like Macy's putting the spirit of Christmas ahead of the commercial. Gimbal's. From now on, I'm going to be a regular Macy customer. All right, Mortimer, we're going. (laughs) Gimbal's! (laughs) Gimbal's!
6: And there's the toy department over there, Mr. Gailey.
5: You certainly know all about Macy's store, don't you, Susan?
6: Well, that's because my mother works here. But I still think it's silly. bringing me here to see Santa Claus. Well,
5: I just feel that when you've talked to okay, him, you might
6: Mr. Gailey.
9: I'm certainly willing to try.
8: Well, well, what a fine young lady eh? what's your name little girl
6: susan walker what's yours mine
8: chris kringle i'm santa claus mm. oh you don't believe that eh
6: uh-uh you see my mother's mrs walker oh but i must say you're the best looking santa claus i've ever seen really your beard for instance it doesn't have one of those things that goes over your ears
8: <laughs> that's because it's real just right? like i'm really santa claus now go ahead pull it
6: well my my goodness, it is real.
8: Yes, yeah. And now what would you like me to bring you for Christmas?
6: Nothing, thank you. Whatever I want, my mother will get. If it's sensible and doesn't cost too much. Oh. That's quite right, Susan. Oh, hello, Mother. Hello, Mr. Mr. Gailey. Hello.
5: Um, the explanation for all this is very simple. Your maid's mother sprained her ankle. She had to go home, so she asked me to bring Susie down to you. And as long as we were here, I... I figured we might as well say hello to Santa Claus.
6: He has real whiskers, mother. Susan, would
4: you mind standing over there a minute? If
6: you want me to.
5: I, um, I shouldn't have brought Susie to see Santa, is that it?
4: Now you're making me feel completely heartless. I'm sorry. Don't you see, I tell Susan that Santa Claus is a myth, and you sure are a very convincing old man with real whiskers. Well, whom is she to believe?
5: Yeah, that's right, isn't it?
4: When Susan was a baby, her father and I were divorced. ever since then, I've protected my child by teaching her realities. If you don't believe in fairy tales and fantasy, you can never be hurt or disillusioned.
5: We were talking about Susie, Mrs. Walker.
4: And I must ask you to let me raise her as I see fit. All right, dear. The store's going to close soon. We'll run along to my office. (laughs)
8: Alfred said you wanted to see me,
4: Mrs. Walker. Oh, um, oh, yes, come in. I, um, uh, I'd be grateful if you will please tell Susan that you're not really Santa Claus, that there actually is no such person. Oh,
8: but Mrs. Walker, not only is not there such a person, but here I am to prove it.
4: No, 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 you misunderstand. I, I want you to tell her the truth. Now, um, what's your real name?
8: Chris Kringle, and I always tell the truth. Susan, I'll bet you're in the first grade.
4: Second grade. I mean your real name. Well, that
8: is my real name. My goodness,
4: the second grade. Very well. I have your employment card right here. I'll look it up on that.
8: Mm, that's a very cute dress you have on, Susan.
6: It's from Macy's.
4: We get 10% off. Oh. So, <coughs> you always tell the truth, do you? Mm-hmm. Look at your employment card.
8: Name, Chris Kringle. Address, Brooks Memorial Home, Great Neck, Long Island. You may call the home if you'd care to confirm that, Mrs. Walker. It's a home for
4: elderly gentlemen. Would you also like me to confirm this? What's that? Date of birth. As old as my tongue and a little bit older than my teeth. (laughs) Place of birth. North Pole. Now, really. Why, I believe you doubt me, Mrs. Walker. And this tops everything. Next of kin. Oh, that. Dasher, dancer, prancer, and vixen. (laughs) i'm sorry to have to do this mr um, uh, kringle um, but the uh, the santa claus that we had two years ago is back in town and i feel that we owe it to him to uh, what
8: have i done something wrong
4: uh, no 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 it's it's just that we feel oh excuse me hello uh,
3: this is mr shellhammer mrs walker drop whatever you're doing mr macy wants to see us immediately oh i'll be
4: right up um i'm afraid i'll have to be very abrupt with you I have to see, Mr. Macy. You'll be paid for the full week, Mr. Kringle, and uh, I'll send your check to that address.
10: Oh, uh, come right in, Mrs. Walker, Mr. Shellhammer.
3: Thank you, Mr. Macy. Now,
10: about this new policy you two initiated. Uh, oh. Macy's Santa Claus sending customers to Gimble's.
3: Well, I, I, I can explain everything, Mr. Macy. You don't I have to th-
10: explain a thing. Just look at my desk. 42 telegrams and over 500 phone calls. Grateful parents expressing undying gratitude to Macy's department store. Why, you you don't say. From now on, not only will our Santa Claus continue in this manner, but every salesperson in the entire store.
3: You
4: mean that if we haven't got what the customer asks for, we're to... We're to
10: send him where he can get it. No high-pressuring and forcing a customer to take something he doesn't really want.
4: I think that's wonderful, Mr. Macy.
10: Why, we'll be known as uh, as the helpful store, the, the friendly store the store that places public service ahead of profits. And, consequently, we will make more profits than ever. <laughs> As for you, Mrs. Walker and Mr. Shellhammer, you'll find a more practical expression of my gratitude in your Christmas envelope. Oh,
3: oh thank, you. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Yes. And
10: tell that wonderful Santa Claus I won't forget him either. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I'll tell him myself in the morning.
3: Uh, yes, indeed, Mr. Macy. Good night. Uh, good uh, good uh, night.
10: Good,
3: good night, Mr. Macy. And thank you again, sir. <laughs> oh, imagine a bonus yes well what's the matter with you
4: mr shellhammer i just fired him who santa claus
3: No, oh, no 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 you couldn't have
4: but i did he he's crazy uh, mr shellhammer he really thinks he is santa claus
3: i don't care if he thinks he's he's the easter bunny find him <laughs>
1: Act two of Miracle on 34th Street will continue in a moment. Well, Libby, have you given Santa your Christmas list?
11: Yes, indeed, John. And number one on my list is a pair of Chinese pajamas with a three-quarter coat and little upstanding collar, just like the ones Mata Torin wears in Rogue's Regiment.
1: Perhaps you'd better have the wardrobe mistress of Universal International show Santa what you
11: mean. Well, I'm sure Dick Powell or Stephen McNally could give him a good description. They found Marta very glamorous in this modern story of the French Foreign Legion.
1: And what a villain Vincent Price is in Rogue's Regiment. Mm -hmm. I was on the edge of my seat through the whole picture. And you talk about a pair of pajamas.
11: (laughs) Well, they were very special. Marta liked them so well, she had four pairs made for her personal wardrobe. And she was delighted when they told her she could luxe them.
1: That's about the easiest care in the world. Especially now with the new tiny diamonds of luxe another triumph of the famous Lever Laboratories. These tiny diamonds are so much faster, they burst into suds the instant water touches them and make wonderfully rich suds that last and
11: last. Don't colors look marvelous when they're luxed? So fresh and new. No wonder smart girls say they won't risk wrong washing methods.
1: Tests prove that with gentle care with luxe flakes really makes a difference. Luxed slips in 90s, stayed new-looking three times as long. And that's just like getting three pretty slips for the price of one.
11: A really thoughtful Santa would put a box of Luxe Flakes in every lingerie gift next Friday night.
1: Here's our producer, Mr. William Keeley.
2: Act two of Miracle on 34th Street, starring Maureen O'Hara as Doris, John Payne as Fred, and Edmund Gwen as Kris Kringle. It was a frantic few hours that Doris spent last night rushing out to the Brooks Memorial Home in Long Island and assuring Chris Kringle that Macy's wanted him back as Santa Claus. Now Chris is again presiding over the crowded toy department. While in her office, Doris and Mr. Shellhammer...
4: Don't you understand, Mr. Shellhammer? That old man with the nice white whiskers insists that he is Santa Claus. Why, he's out of his mind. What if he should have a a fit or something oh no
3: i've got to tell mr macy's but maybe he's only a little crazy anyway you can't be sure until he's examined we'll send me to mr sawyer Sawyer in personnel he's paid to examine employees isn't he and now by the way (laughs) what do you think of this what is it a full page ad macy's is running in tomorrow's newspapers
4: macy's is running it but it's all about the other stores, gimbals and side. I know,
3: and... I know. Mr. Macy's idea to help our customers find what they want. It's revolting, isn't it?
4: That Santa Claus certainly has started something. Oh, well. I'll get a hold of him in his lunch hour and send him up to Mr. Sawyer.
8: So I changed my clothes, Mr. Sawyer, and came right up.
0: Oh. Well, then, that's your own beard, huh? huh? Oh, yes, yes. Mm.
8: Interesting complex in back of that. Why do you carry a cane? I always carry a cane, Mr. Sawyer. Well, that is when I wear street clothes. Hmm. I carved this cane out of a runner from one of my old sleighs. What's that? What's that? With a fine, solid silver top. Oh. <clears throat> who was the first president of the United States? Huh? Oh, give me a difficult one, like who was who was vice-president under James Monroe. I'm conducting this examination. The answer is Daniel D. Tompkins. Oh, yes. You're a a rather nervous man, aren't you, Mr. Sawyer? Hmm? Tell me, do you you get enough sleep? My personal habits
0: are no concern of yours. Now, what hand am I holding up? Right hand. How many fingers do you see? Three.
8: Oh, dear, oh, dear. You bite your nails, too. Oh! Stand up now. Feet together. Arms extended. Muscular coordination test? I've taken dozens of these tests.
9: Mr Sawyer,
8: are you happy at home? What? (laughs) That will be all, Mr Kringle.
0: The examination is over. Thank you. Yeah, and it may interest you to know I've been happily married for 22 years. Very happily married.
8: Delighted to hear it. Goodbye, Uh. Mr. Sawyer.
0: Miss Prawn. Yes, sir. Get Mrs. Walker on the phone.
11: Yes, sir, but your wife, Mr. Sawyer, she's called four times already. Now, you
0: tell my big fat wife to shut up and mind her own business.
11: (laughs) Here's Mrs. Walker, sir. Uh,
0: All right. Uh, Hello?
9: Oh, I I was just going
4: to call you, Mr. Sawyer. Oh? There's a Dr. Pierce stopping by this afternoon at 3.
0: Who's Dr. Pierce?
4: He's the physician at the Brooks home. I thought we might discuss Mr. Kringle's
0: case with him. There's hardly any point in discussing it, Mrs. Walker. Obviously, the old man should be discharged. Dr. Pierce, Kringle should be dismissed immediately and sent to a mental institution. Oh, now, just a minute, Mr. Sawyer. Ah, he's deluded saying that he's Santa Claus. It's a delusion for good. I found he only wants to be friendly and helpful. Uh, His whole manner suggests aggressiveness. Look at the way he carries that cane. Mrs. Walker, naturally, I can't discharge that loony, so when he exhibits his maniacal tendencies, please realize the responsibility is
4: completely off. Well, I'm right back where I started.
0: Mrs. Walker, I assure you, Chris
2: Kringle has no maniacal tendencies.
4: But if there's the slightest possibility of us causing any trouble... What trouble? All that needs happen is a policeman ask his name. Chris Kringle, clang, clang, and Macy's Santa Claus lands up in the psychopathic ward.
8: Well, you can prevent that very simply. Now, there must be someone here at the store who could rent him a room. Then they could both come to work together. I Just as soon he avoided that long train ride to Long Island, anyway.
4: You mean, sort of take custody of him?
8: Mm Mm-hmm.
4: Do you think that Mr. Kringle would agree to that? Oh,
8: I'm sure he'll agree.
4: Well, in in that case... uh, Now, let me see. Who do I know who could rent him a room?
6: you're going to have dinner with us Mr. Kringle.
8: Oh, thank you Susan.
6: I'm also very glad you're going to live next door with Mr. Galey.
8: Oh, why?
6: Because you're nice to talk to? Oh.
8: Ho, ho, ho. I say what a fine young man that Mr. Galey is, eh? Just think allowing me to share his apartment, a mere stranger.
6: He did it because mother hinted to him. Oh.
8: Well, anyway, I'm very grateful.
6: Shall I tell you what I did in school today? Oh,
8: by all means. Any games?
6: Yes and a very silly game too. They played zoo, and each child was supposed to be an animal.
8: Oh, but Susan, they were just pretending.
6: But that's what makes the game so silly.
8: Oh. Well, of course, in order to play games, you need imagination.
6: Oh, uh, that's when you see things, but they're not really there, huh? Oh,
8: yes, yes. But you know, to me, imagination is a place all by itself. Now, you've heard of the French nation. and the British nation? Yes. Well, this is the imagination. (laughs) A very interesting place, too. Now, how would you like to be able to make snowballs in summertime, eh? What? Or be the Statue of Liberty in the morning and in the afternoon, fly south with a flock of geese?
6: Well, I'm quite sure I'd like it, but... Oh,
8: it's very simple. Very. Well, anyway, look here, the next time they play zoo, you can be a monkey.
6: But I don't know to be a monkey. Don't you?
8: Oh, I'll show you. Now, first, you bend over a little, like, uh, like this, see? Now, let your arms hang loose, see?
6: Like
8: this? Yes, that's fine, fine. Now, put your hand over here and start scratching, see? Yeah.
6: <laughs>
8: that's it. That's it. That's excellent, Susan. That's as fine a bit of scratching as I've ever seen. Yeah. Now, now you start chattering. Chattering? Yes, now, listen. See? And keep scratching. Now then, look here. We'll do it together. See? Chatter and scratch, and scratch and chatter. See? That's fine, Susan. Fine. You're doing beautifully. Beautifully,
9: yes. <laughs> Susan? Susan? Are
8: you still awake? Uh-huh. I've, uh, just come in to say goodnight, Susan, that's all. Now, look here, about Christmas. There must be something you'd like for Christmas.
6: Well, I've certainly thought about something, Mr. Kringle. You
8: have? Well, what is it, eh? Tell me.
6: It's right here on the night table, see? I tore this page out of a magazine. It's a picture of a house. Oh,
8: that's what you want. Is it a doll's house? Colonial architecture.
6: Oh, not a doll's house, a real house.
8: A real house?
6: Yes. And if you're really Santa Claus, you can get it for me.
8: Now, 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 wait a minute, Susie. (laughs) What could you possibly do with a big house?
6: Live in it with my mother. And a backyard with a big tree to put a swing on. And a garden, and a... Oh, well. Why even discuss it?
8: Susie. Susie, could I, uh... Could I keep this picture? Just, uh, just in case... I guess so. Thank you, dear. Thank you. Well, Mr. Gailey's waiting for me. Good night, monkey.
6: Good night, Mr. Kringle.
8: Take whichever bed you want, Mr. Kringle. You're very kind, really. Uh, tell me, Mr. Gailey, what is it you just do for
5: a living, eh? Oh, I'm a lawyer. Haslop, Haslop, Sherman and Mackenzie. Oh. Hmm. And you, were, uh, you like living here in the city? Well, it's convenient. But someday I'd like to get a place on Long Island. Huh. Not a big house, just one of those junior partner deals around Manhasset. Oh,
8: one of those little colonial houses, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. A little colonial house would be swell. Good, good, yes. Yeah. You're, um, <clears throat> you're quite fond of Mrs. Walker, aren't you?
5: <laughs> a lot of good it does me. She lives in a cast iron shell that's just a little difficult
8: to penetrate. Oh. Well, you must try a little harder, Mr. Gailey. You know, Mrs. Walker and that child are a couple of lost souls, and it's up to us to help them. No. Yeah, she... Oh, well, shall I turn out the light?
5: No, 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 no. I'm not gonna be cheated out of this. You know, all my life I've wondered about it, and now I'm going to find out. Tell me, does Santa Claus sleep with his whiskers outside or inside the cupboard? (laughs)
8: Outside, of course. Outside, by all means. The cold air makes them grow. Oh, thank yeah. you very much.
10: Oh, uh, come in, Mrs. Walker. Come in.
4: Thank you, Mr. Macy. I've just heard something very exciting. You have?
10: Well, let me tell you something very exciting. Our policy of being kind to customers has tripled our sales. Now, what do you think of that?
4: That's wonderful, Mr. Macy. And Gimbals thinks it's wonderful, too. Gimbals? Gimbals are adopting the same policy.
10: Well, is that so?
4: And it gives me an idea. As long as Gimbals are doing the same thing, why not some pictures for the newspapers?
10: Uh, pictures?
4: Yes. You and Mr. Gimble shaking hands.
10: Shaking hands? R.H. Macy and. and Gimble?
4: Well. well, yes.
10: Yes, yes, why not? with santa claus it's a great idea mrs walker macy and Gimble shaking hands that's enough my pictures face. gentlemen thank you well, thank, thank you. you very much <laughs> Well, Mr. Gimble? Come on, R.H. Now we'll go over to my store and get some really good pictures. Oh, just a minute. I have something here for Santa Claus. Here you are, Mr. Kringle. A check in appreciation of all you've done. Mr.
8: Macy, why, that's most kind of you. I didn't think you were that generous, R.H. That's quite a check. What are you going to do with it, Mr. Kringle? Well, I have a friend, a Dr. Pierce. He needs a new X-ray machine. You buy the machine through the store. <laughs> 10% discount. Nonsense. <laughs> Come over to Gimble's. We'll furnish it at cost. Oh, keep it up, gentlemen. Keep it up. <laughs> at this rate, my friend will have a whole new hospital.
9: <laughs> How did the
8: pictures turn out, Mr. Kringle? Oh, fine, Alfred, fine. How about a game of checkers during lunch, eh? Oh, not today, Chris. I, I don't feel so good. Oh, huh? What's the matter, Alfred? Oh, nothing much. You remember I was telling you how I like to play Santa Claus over at the Y and give out packages to the kids? Yeah. Well, I was telling Mr. Sawyer about it, and he says that's very bad. That psychologically, it's all wrong. Wrong? To be nice to children? Well, he says guys who play Santa Claus do it because when they was young, they must have done something bad. Now they do something they think is good to make up for it, see? (laughs) It's what he calls a guilt complex. Alfred... What else has he found wrong with you?
7: Oh, nothing much. Just that I hate my father.
8: (laughs) I didn't know it, but he says I do. Excuse me.
12: Hey, ain't you gonna have lunch?
8: Later. Right now, I have an appointment with Mr. Sawyer.
0: (laughs) I mean breaking
8: into my office like this are you a licensed psychiatrist what business is it of yours? i have great respect for psychiatry and great contempt for meddling amateurs who go around practicing it oh shut up you ought to be horsewhipped. Taking a boy like Alfred and filling him up with complexes and phobias... I into the... think I'm better equipped to judge that than you. Just because Alfred wants to be kind to children, you tell him he has a
0: guilt complex. <laughs> Having the same delusion you couldn't possibly understand. Oh. And don't you wave
8: that cane at me. Either you stop analyzing Alfred, or I'll go straight to Mr. Macy and tell him what a contemptible fraud oh, you are. Get out of here, get out of here before I have you thrown out. There's only one way to handle a man like you. Maybe this will knock some sense into you. Oh! Oh, help! Oh, my head! My
0: head! Oh, good day, Mr.
9: Sawyer. Oh, Miss
0: Prawn! Get me the police! Get me Mrs. Walker! G- get me the psychopathic ward in Bellevue Hospital!
7: You can see Mr. Kringle now, Mr. Gailey.
5: Thank you, nurse. Hello, Chris. <sighs> Hello, Fred. Chris, I've been speaking to the doctors. They said they've given you some tests. Oh, yes. Same old tests. Except this time you failed to pass them. Chris, you deliberately failed. Mm. Why?
8: Why? Well, because I had great hopes, Fred. I had a feeling Mrs. Walker was beginning to believe in me. And now, well, now I discover she was only humoring me all the time. But this wasn't Doris's idea at
5: all. Mr. Sawyer had you sent up here before she even knew about it.
8: But why... Why didn't she come to me and explain things? Because she didn't want to hurt you. Oh, well, it's not just Mrs. Walker, it's... Well, now take Mr. Sawyer. He's contemptible, dishonest, deceitful, yet he's out there and I'm in here. Well, if that's normal, I don't want it. But you can't just think of yourself, Chris.
5: What happens to you matters to a lot of other people. People like me who believe in what you stand for and people like, well, like Susie, who are just beginning to. Chris, you're letting us down.
8: i Well, Fred, maybe you're right. I, of course you're right. I ought to be ashamed of myself. Let's get out of here.
5: Now, wait a minute. You flunked your mental examination, but good.
8: Oh, yes, so I did. Well, well, anyway, you're a lawyer. You fix it. Hey, look, I can't just. Now, I won't let you down, and you won't let me down. Chris, now take it easy. Look,
5: there'll have to be a hearing. If you're going to be committed, it has to be before a judge. Well? Well, if I can do anything at all, it'll have to be in courtroom. Sit tight, Chris. I'll get an idea. I have to get an idea.
0: Hey, you, uh, uh, sent for me, Mr.
10: Macy? I mm. certainly did, Mr. Sawyer. I brought my family to the toy department to see our Santa Claus. And our Santa Claus isn't there. He's in Bellevue. Yeah.
0: Yes, Mr. Macy.
10: Because he's a lunatic. Yes, sir, a l- lunatic. <laughs> lunatic, my foot. Now, you listen to me, Sawyer. You get that case dropped right away, or you'll have another lump
0: to match the one he gave you. But it's out of my hands. Mr. Kringle goes to court in the morning. Well, just see that he's back in the toy department by afternoon. Now, get out of here. <laughs> Mr. Gailey. Yes? I've been looking all over for you. I'm Mr. <clears throat> Sawyer. Oh, so you're Sawyer. Yes. I, uh, I was just speaking to the court clerk, and he said you represent Mr. Kringle. <clears throat> well, I represent Mr. Macy. Well, then I'll see you in court. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, that's what I wanted to speak to you about. Now, Mr. Macy would like to drop the whole case right now. You see, we're most anxious to avoid any publicity. No publicity, oh. huh? Well, that's
5: very interesting. Oh, then you'll cooperate. You know something, Sawyer. You've just given me the idea I've been searching for. Oh, good, good. If I'm going to win this case, I'm going to have to have public opinion and plenty of it. And publicity's just the way to do it. Thanks. And uh, so long, Mr. Sawyer. Uh, Mr. Gailey? But Mr. Gailey! Look at these newspapers, Chris. Uh Here. Evening Dispatch. Doctors Doubt Sanity of Santa Who Launched Goodwill Campaign. Oh, my. Daily Bulletin. Macy's Santa Claus to have lunacy hearing. Mm. What's this one? The New York Express.
8: Is Chris Kringle crazy? Court case coming? Kiddies cry calamity? <laughs> oh. You've driven the United Nations clear back to
5: page five. Well, get a good night's sleep, Chris. We go before Judge Harper at 10 tomorrow morning.
1: Pause now for station identification. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Our stars will return with Act Three of Miracle on 34th Street in a moment. When a new player signs a contract with 20th Century Fox, she soon gets well acquainted with Miss Helena Sorrell, head dramatic coach. Helena, do you like to watch your pupils perform in the picture?
13: Oh, of course, John, because I take a personal interest in them. I'm especially proud of Betty Grable and her new picture When My Baby Smiles at Me.
1: Betty's become a really fine, dramatic actress. She
13: certainly has.
1: She and Dan Daly are magnificent as a couple of vaudeville hoofers.
13: And Betty's costumes in When My Baby Smiles at Me gave me a thrill. And I was amazed how many things the wardrobe department washed with Lux flakes. It reminded me of my theatrical days when I was on the road and lived in a couple of trunks.
1: A box of Lux flakes in each?
13: <laughs> That's absolutely true, John. I was never without it, in my hotel or at the theater.
1: Well, then, you you've probably discovered that the new tiny diamonds of Lux are more wonderful than ever. They're so much faster and richer. Do more for you, too. They remove soil which other types of suds can't. Leave things cleaner, fresher.
13: And Lux flakes keep colors lovely.
1: You're right there. That's why it's foolish to risk wrong washing methods that may fade colors. Actual tests show that with gentle Lux flakes care, Colors stay lovely up to three times as long.
13: That's a good tip for girls who get nice blouses and sweaters for Christmas.
1: Right you are. And thank you for coming tonight, Helena Sorrell. We return you now to William Keeley.
2: The curtain rises on the third act of Miracle on 34th Street, starring Maureen O'Hara as Doris, John Payne as Fred, and Edmund Gwen as Chris. For a few weeks, a jolly elderly gentleman named Chris Kringle has been working minor miracles as Macy's Santa Claus. But now, his sanity has been seriously questioned. And in a crowded courtroom, Judge Harper listens patiently as the assistant district attorney summons Chris to the witness stand.
12: Now, uh, this is not a trial, Mr. Kringle. It's just a hearing, so you don't have to answer any questions.
8: Now then, uh, where do you live, please? Well, it seems to me that's what this hearing will decide, won't it? (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Kringle, do you believe that you are Santa Claus? Of course I do. That's
12: all, Your Honor. The state rests its case. Well, Mr. Gailey? Your Honor, Mr. Mara
5: contends my client is not sane because he believes he is Santa Claus.
12: An entirely logical conclusion? Anyone who thinks he's Santa Claus is crazy.
5: Your Honor, you believe yourself to be Judge Harper, yet no one questions your sanity because you are Judge Harper, do they?
14: Mr. Kringle is the subject of this sanity hearing, not I. Well, your Honor, I intend to prove that Mr. Kringle is Santa Claus.: Mr. Mayor: I thought you said this was a cut-and-dried sanity hearing. Well, I thought it was your honor. Uh, <clears throat> in view of Mr. Gailey's statement, I'll have to review the entire background of this case. Courts adjourned till tomorrow morning. <laughs>
5: Hello, Doris. I'm sorry I'm late, but get ready. We're really going to celebrate tonight.
4: What are we celebrating?
5: Well, didn't you read the papers? Santa's mouthpiece throws bombshell on New York Supreme Court.
4: Oh, Fred, you're not really serious about this. You can't possibly prove that Chris Kringle is Santa Claus.
5: Well, you saw Mr. Macy and Mr. Gimble shake hands. That wasn't possible either.
4: And what does your firm have to say about it? Hayslip and McKenzie and, and the rest of them.
5: That I've, uh jeopardize their prestige and either i drop this impossible case or they'll drop me you see so i beat them to it i quit
4: fred you threw away a career because of a sentimental whim
5: i'll open my own office and
4: what kind of clients will you get
5: oh probably a lot of people like chris who are being pushed around that's the only fun in law anyway Doris, look don't you have any faith in me at all
4: no it's not a question of faith it's it's just common sense. But
5: Faith is believing in things when common sense tells you not to. It's not just Chris that's on trial. It's everything he stands for. Human kindness and love oh, and dignity. Fred,
4: listen. We've seen a lot of each other the last couple of weeks. I, well, I've become fond of you. We've talked about some wonderful plans, haven't we? And then you do this. Go on an idealistic binge, throw away your security, and expect me to be happy about it.
5: And I expect too much. Is that it? Well, that's then, I guess. Good night, Doris.
12: Hello. Yes, this is Mr. Merrow. Well, can't it wait till tomorrow? I'm eating dinner. Who's been subpoenaed? Well, how do you think I feel about it? I'll see you tomorrow. R.H. Macy's been subpoenaed.
15: Oh, my. Those
12: reporters, they make me look like a sadistic monster who likes nothing better than to drown pussycats and tear wings off butterflies. Uh,
11: quiet, dear. Tommy's still awake.
12: Oh, oh,
11: yeah. It'd, it'd just break his heart if he knew what his daddy is doing.
12: I'm doing my job as assistant district attorney.
11: Well, I'm not so sure, but I, but that I agree with them. Mr. Kringle looks like a very nice old man, and I don't see why you have to keep persecuting him. I'm not
12: persecuting him. I'm prosecuting him. I like the old man, too, but but there's nothing I can do about it.
11: You know something, Thomas? Sometimes I wish I'd married a butcher or a plumber.
12: Well, if I lose this case, it's very possible you'll get your wish. (laughs) R.H. Macy, I I wonder what he's going to pull tomorrow.
14: Proceed to the witness, Mr. Gailey. Now
5: then, Mr. Macy, if you recognize the defendant, please tell us who he is.
14: Hi, Chris Kringle,
10: of
5: course. Do you believe him to be of sound mind? Sound mind? I wish I had
12: a dozen like him. Mr. Macy, you are under oath. Do you believe that man is Santa Claus? Well, now, that's a rather a delicate... Uh...
15: Just think of those headlines tomorrow... Macy admits his Santa Claus
10: is fraud. You keep out of this, Gimble. What did you say? Yo, oh, 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 no, nothing, Mr. Barlow. nothing. Well, I wish you would. Is that man Santa Claus? Yes, in my opinion, he most certainly is. Your Honor,
12: there is no such person as Santa Claus, and everybody knows it. Can you prove there isn't any? I won't even try. I'll not waste the court's time with such childish nonsense. Your Honor the prosecution requests an immediate ruling from this court. Is there or is there not a Santa
14: Claus? Well, now, uh, I, uh, the court will take a short recess to consider the question. Hello, Henry. Why,
15: Charlie, what are you doing here? Can't an old friend visit you in your chambers? And if you ask me, you never needed a friend like you do now. This Kringle case? Well, I certainly don't see what they're making such a fuss about. Henry, that Santa Claus you've got out there, on trial for lunacy. This case is dynamite, and you're coming up for re-election soon. Charlie, you know what happened last night?
14: Martha brought the grandchildren over. They, they wouldn't kiss, Grandpa.
15: (laughs) They wouldn't even talk to me. Ah, you see what I mean? If you rule there is no Santa Claus, you better start looking for that chicken farm right now. I'm a responsible judge. How can I seriously rule that there is a Santa Claus? Because of what happens if you don't. The kids read about it and they don't hang up their stockings. Now what happens to all the toys that are supposed to be in those stockings? Nobody buys them. The toy manufacturers have to lay off employees. By now, you've got the AFL and the CIO against
9: you. (laughs)
15: Yes, and they're gonna say it with votes, see? Oh, and the department stores are gonna love you, too. <laughs> yes, sir, Henry. And what about the Salvation Army? They got a Santa Claus in every street corner. They take in a lot of money to help the poor. <laughs> but go ahead, Henry. You go in there and rule there isn't any Santa Claus. But if you do, you can count on getting just two votes, your own and that district attorney's out there.
14: One vote, Charlie. He... he's a Republican. <laughs> Well, let's get this over with. The, uh, uh, the question of Santa Claus seems to be uh, largely a matter of opinion. The uh, tradition of American justice demands a broad and unprejudiced view of such a controversial matter. But, Your Honor... This court, therefore, intends to keep its mind open. We shall ask for evidence on either side. But the burden of proof clearly rests with my opponent. Can he
12: produce any evidence to support his views? If, Your Honor,
5: please, I can. Will Thomas Mara please take the stand? Who, me? No, Thomas Mara Jr. I believe he and his mother are both in court today.
9: Hi, Papa!
5: Hi. <laughs> Tommy, do you believe in Santa Claus?
6: I sure do. Gosh, he gave me a brand-new sled last year.
5: Now, um, what does Santa Claus look like, Tommy?
6: Well, there he is, sitting right over there.
5: Your Honor, I protest. Overrule. <laughs> Tell me, Tommy, uh, why are you so sure there's a Santa Claus?
6: Because my Papa told me so, didn't you, papa? <laughs>
5: Thank you, Tommy. You can go back to your mother now.
6: See you later, Papa.
12: You certainly will.
6: <laughs> your Honor...
8: Tommy you will
12: get it. Mr. Kringle if you don't mind. I'm sorry sir. Your Honor the state of New York concedes the existence of a Santa Claus but in so conceding we demand that Mr. Gailey stop representing and presenting personal opinion as evidence. I insist he submit authoritative proof that Mr. Kringle here is the one and only
14: Santa Claus. Well Mr. Gailey are you prepared to show that Mr. Kringle is Santa Claus on the basis of unprejudiced authority? Well, sir, no,
5: not now. I I need a little time.
12: Why not now?
5: Tomorrow, Your Honor. Very
14: well. Courts adjourn till tomorrow morning. Whew. Oh, brother.
4: Now come, Susan dear, finish your supper.
6: But I can't, Mother. All those things they're saying in the newspapers about Mr. Kringle and Mr.
4: Gailey. They're having this trial because he says he's Santa Claus.
6: He's so so kind and and nice and jolly. He's not like anyone else I know. He must be Santa.
4: You know something, I think perhaps you're right.
6: Is Mr. Kringle sad now, Mother?
4: I'm afraid he must be.
6: Then I'll write him a letter. Maybe that'll make him feel better. I'll cheer him up.
4: Oh, postman, postman. Yeah, lady? Would you mind taking this letter? Oh,
12: sure, lady. We're going straight down to the post office now. Okay, Louie, take it away. Well, what do you know, Louie? Another letter for Santa Claus. Hey, here's a new one. Instead of the North Pole, this kid's got it addressed to Kris Kringle, New York County Courthouse. Well, the kid's right. Huh? Oh, yeah, sure. They got him on trial down there. <laughs> he claims he's Santa Claus, and the D.A. claims he's nuts.
8: Hey. Huh? Hey, I got an idea. Huh? How many Santa Claus letters we got down there in the dead letter office?
12: Oh, who knows? Must be 50,000 bags and bags all over the joint. Hey, hey. You mean? What, Frankie, why not? Wouldn't it be nice to get rid of them all? Wouldn't it? <laughs> boy, oh boy. Look, Louie, soon as we get to the post office, we go and see the supervisor. You know something? I bet we both get promoted. <laughs> and since the defense has been unable to submit one shred of proof that Chris Kringle is the one and only Santa Claus. And since tonight is Christmas Eve, I ask, Your Honor, that this hearing be terminated without further delay. I protest I do have evidence.
5: Five minutes ago, you said you didn't. During Mr. Mara's oration, the bailiff handed my client the evidence I refer
8: to. What evidence? This letter, Your Honor. Oh, yes, Mr. Kringle. It's from Susan Walker. She believes in me. Oh, this letter means more to me than anything in the world.
5: That letter, Your Honor, was delivered by the United States Post Office an official agency of the federal government. The post office department was one of the largest business concerns in the world.
12: Last year did a gross volume of over $1 billion. And this year- Your honor, I'm sure we're all gratified that the post office is getting along so well. (laughs) But what bearing has it on the sanity of that man? My point is that the post office department is a model of
5: efficiency. Furthermore, the laws of this country make it a criminal offense to willfully misdirect
12: mail or intentionally deliver it to the wrong party. The state of New York is second to none in his admiration of the post office department. We're very happy to concede Mr. Galey's uh,
5: For the record, Mr. Mara.
12: For the record. Anything to get on with this case. Thank you.
5: Your Honor, that letter just received by Mr. Kringle is positive proof that a copper letter
12: and... is hardly positive
5: proof. I have further exhibits, Your Honor, but I, I hesitate to produce them. Come,
14: come, Mr. Gailey. Put them here on my desk. But, Your Honor, I I don't... said put them on my desk. All right, boys, bring them in. What Your, Your Honor, what, hey, what is this?
5: Oh. Empty those mail sacks on Judge Harper's desk. Good. Yeah.
14: You? Well, but uh, bring them all in or be fine for contempt of court. Uh, no, no, just a second here.
12: Uh, we'll do it, Your Honor. Through rain, through sleet, through courtrooms, anything. We deliver
5: uh, Mr. Gailey. Your Honor, every one of those letters and every one of those mail sacks is addressed to Santa Claus. The post office is to deliver them. Therefore, the post office department recognizes Chris Kringle to be the one and only Santa Claus.
14: Since the United States government declares this man to be Santa Claus, this court will not dispute it. Case dismissed. And for heaven's sake, get this mail out of my courtroom. So as
8: soon as I got out of court, I came straight to Macy's to see you, Doris.
4: Oh, Chris, I'm so glad you won. Ah,
8: well, we're having a big Christmas party at the Brooks' home tomorrow morning. I'd like so much to see you and Susan there.
4: We'll be there, Chris. Oh, Chris, couldn't you, couldn't you come home now and have dinner with us?
8: Now? tonight, me? My goodness, Doris, it's, it's Christmas Eve. Alfred, Alfred, look, look who came all the way out here to the home just for our Christmas party.
4: Chris, it's, it's Mr. Macy. Mr.
8: Gimble too. Oh, excuse me, Alfred. Mrs. Walker and Susan have to leave now. and I want to see them before they go, so forgive me, will you?
4: But, Susie,
6: darling, you've got so many presents. Not the one I wanted. Not the one Mr. Kringle was gonna get for me. Well, what was it? It doesn't matter. I knew I wouldn't get it, but I thought he'd at least tell me why.
8: Susie. I'm sorry, Susie. I tried my best, but...
6: You couldn't get it because you're not Santa oh, Claus. Susan. Just a nice
4: old man like Mother said. But I was wrong when I told you that. You must believe in Mr. Kringle and keep right on doing it. You must have faith in him. But that doesn't make sense, Mother. Faith is believing in things when common sense tells you not to. What? I mean, just because things don't turn out the way you want them to the first time, you've still got to believe in people. I found
6: that...
5: Hello, Doris.
4: Fred.
6: Mr. Gailey, Mr. Gailey.
5: Merry Christmas, Susie.
6: Gosh, you'll just get here and we're ready to leave.
5: Oh, I've been here. And if you're ready to
8: leave, I'll drive you home. Before you go, here, here's a map I've made for you. You'll miss a lot of traffic. About four miles south, you will see Ashley Avenue. Now that's the street you want, Ashley Avenue. Thanks, Chris, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Fred. And to you, my dear. And to you,
6: Susie I believe Mr. Kringle I do. It's silly, I suppose, but I do.
4: I don't understand it, Fred. The map Chris gave definitely says Ashley Avenue. <laughs> We've been on Ashley Avenue He's now for. The car. Car, please. Susie, what is it, darling? What's the matter?
9: There it is! The
4: house! The house! Susie! What in the world?
5: She's running into that house. But well,
4: at least there's no one home. It's, it's brand new. It's, it's just been built.
5: Yeah, for sale, it says. For sale.
4: What on earth is that child up to? Susie! Hey, Susie! Here I am! Upstairs! Now, come right down. You know you shouldn't run around in other people's houses. That's strange. I'll say. No, no. I mean this house. I've seen this house somewhere. I know I have. Maybe in a magazine or...
6: Mother, it's our house. It's the one I asked him for, Mr. Kringle. Mr. Kringle? I know it is. Oh, you were right, Mommy. You were right. Susie. Mommy told me that if things didn't turn out just the way you wanted them at first, you've still got to believe. And I kept believing. And you were right, Mommy. Mr. Kringle is Santa Claus. Now
4: where are you going?
6: In back to see if there's a swing
9: there is one! Oh, there
5: is one! You told her that? About believing?
4: Well, you told me, Fred.
5: <laughs> a sign outside. For sale, huh? Well, we can't let her down, can we?
4: I never really doubted you. It was just my silly common
9: sense.
5: <laughs> it even makes sense to believe in me now. I must be a pretty good lawyer. I take a little old man and legally prove to the world that he's Santa Claus. Now, you know that couldn't be. Fred! What's the matter?
4: There, in the corner, by the fireplace.
5: Oh, no. No.
4: It it can't be. It it couldn't.
5: A cane. Chris's cane. There couldn't be two canes like this anywhere in the world.
4: Silver handle and all.
5: Hey. You know something? Maybe I didn't do such a wonderful thing after all.
1: Before our stars return for their curtain calls, Libby Collins wants to tell you about the wonderful way to decorate your Christmas tree, as we promised at the opening of the show.
11: You can give your tree that fresh-from-the-woods look by covering it with real-looking snow you make yourself. From a box of Lux Flakes. So many
1: people have asked for the Lux recipe for Christmas snow that we gave last week. We'll repeat it tonight.
11: Listen carefully. Take a large box of Lux Flakes, gradually add two cups of lukewarm water, and beat with an egg beater until it has the consistency of thick whipped cream. Then, with your fingers, spread the mixture over the branches of your tree. And that's all.
1: This snowy covering dries quickly. It won't melt and lasts as long as the tree. Ask your dealer for a copy of this Christmas snow recipe.
11: I don't know of any other decoration that costs so little, yet does so much for your tree. It looks lovely used just with tree lights, or you can add your usual ornaments if you prefer.
1: Try it on your mantle decorations and table arrangements too. It gives them a very professional look.
11: And makes the whole house look more Christmassy. Now I'll repeat that recipe. Take a large box of Lux Flakes. Gradually add about two cups of lukewarm water and beat with an egg beater. While moist, spread the mixture along the branches. If you want extra glitter, shake on some shiny artificial snow before the mixture dries. Let the children help. They'll love doing it and love the snowy tree.
1: Back now to our producer, William Keeling.
2: Mr. Kringle's reindeer are waiting on the roof but we've asked him to pause a moment before he leaves and come back to the footlights with Maureen O'Hara and John Payne. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it was a real thrill to everyone in Hollywood when Edmund Gwen topped his entire 53 years as an actor with his great performance as Chris Kringle.
9: Thank
8: you. Thank you very much, Bill. Everyone connected with Miracle on 34th Street, From George Seaton, the author-director, to the prop man, help me. They all believed in Santa Claus.
4: How could we help it?
8: I suppose you've got a
5: strenuous time ahead, Chris. Yeah? Covering the entire world in one night. John,
8: if everyone believed in Santa Claus, peace would break out all over the world in 30 seconds.
4: I hope you won't be too busy to stop at my house. I'll have my stockings hung up.
8: Oh, well, I'll stop in, Marine, but... Seems rather futile. Why, Chris? Well, I couldn't possibly fill her stocking as well as she does. I see what you mean.
4: <laughs> Bill, after that, I think you'd better tell us all about next week's play.
2: Next week, Maureen, a play straight from your native land. It's the 20th Century Fox picture, The Luck of the Irish. And the stars? Well, we have a superb cast. There's Dana Andrews, Anne Baxter, and Cecil Calloway. This is a delightful romance, presided over by a most mysterious leprechaun in the person of Cecil Kellaway. I know you'll all enjoy it.
5: We'll be looking forward to it, Bill, and good night.
8: Good night. Good night. Can I give anybody a lift in my (laughs) sleigh?
2: Good night and a merry, merry Christmas. Before we meet again in this theater, the most joyful day in the year will have come and gone. There are in our time, as in every time, a few foolish men who deride the spirit of Christmas. But in every country and in every time, they are overwhelmed by those who find in it the hope and happiness of the future, by those of us who believe in our hearts that there can be peace on this earth and goodwill among all men. On behalf of Lever Brothers Company and of us in the Lux Radio Theater, may I wish all of you the happiest of holidays. And we invite you all to join us again next Monday evening when the Lux Radio Theater presents Dana Andrews, Anne Baxter, and Cecil Kellaway in The Luck of the Irish. This is William Keeley saying good night and Merry Christmas.
1: Maureen O'Hara appeared through the courtesy of 20th Century Fox, producers of The Snake Pit, starring Olivia de Havilland and Mark Stevens. Edmund Gwen appeared by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of the all-star Technicolor musical Words and Music, based on the lives and music of Rogers and Hart. John Payne will soon be seen in the Paramount picture El Paso. Be sure to listen next Monday night to the Lux Radio Theater presentation of The Luck of the Irish, starring Dana Andrews, Ann Baxter, and Cecil Kellaway. Stay tuned for My Friend Irma, which follows over these same stations. This is CBS, the
9: Columbia Broadcasting System.